Hello. Welcome to the fifth episode of our podcast. Chapigotun. Oh, podcast. Um, yeah, we, we, we are still keeping track of the numbers, but uh, we mainly give them names. We weren't sure what we're going to call this episode. I had two ideas. One was um, staying put, which we struggled with a bit this week, or the other one is calamity, so we'll see what we call it. Anyway, we'll just talk about some of the things that happened this week. Yeah, um, and when you're speaking about calamities, this is besides all the other things that happened leading up to this. Yeah, <laughs> to well, us we being in Bulbous Bay the, for two months. The, yeah. the one, the episode called Passages, could have also called been called calamities because yeah. there were a few calamities there too. Um, these were not of the same size, although. Well, let's just get right through it. The well, biggest. I, well, yeah? well, I just wanted to say that, like, uh, as uh, sailors, there's kind of like a list of things that you need to as you can imagine there's a quite a big list of things that you need to be conscious of or aware of to avoid something bad happening the the worst things that could happen basically i mean i think the worst thing that could happen is someone going overboard yeah or your boat sinking those are like definitely the top very top of the list those are the ones that that you you don't want to tick off the list those things you want to avoid at all costs and most people Managed to do that, so. But like, I think in the last week we've kind of made a little bit of a joke of ticking off things off our, of our sailor, yeah, blacklist. A list of things yeah. you don't want to happen. So we'll just maybe <laughs> get first to the the most terrifying thing that happened, which is mm. dragging anchor. Anyone who's ever been cruising or sailing is probably the worst fear for dragging anchor and. Um, Last week, Sunday. I mean, on, on, on Sunday, Sunday, we actually yeah. dragged anchor. Um, so first of all, maybe we can start mm. off with how telling why we were at anchor. Yeah. So when we arrived in Walvis Bay, I think you know, our previous episode was called Walvis Bay. We talked a bit about Walvis Bay. So when we arrived here, we went to a mooring ball. Uh, well, another calamity that we already ticked off was uh, grounding. Oh running yeah, but a, not running really. Ground. Well, we did run aground. Really we did talk about that a li- little bit last week. Um, so we arrived, we stayed on the mooring ball, then it got a bit too choppy for us and we weren't really enjoying that as much. So after a few weeks we went to the jetty, then we stayed at the jetty for a few weeks. And then uh, last episode we said we actually moved to Anchor, so last episode we actually recorded at Anchor. Because we thought, well, why are we even paying for mooring? Uh, for a mooring on the jetty when we could just as well be at anchor. So we moved to being at anchor. Now the anchorage here in the bay, like in front of the waterfront in Walvis Bay, is it's quite crowded. Yeah. Most Actually, most of the boats aren't at anchor. They were on mooring balls. So you've got, basically, it's a fixed mooring. There's like a, a something very heavy on the bottom of the bay connected with ropes i think most of them here are with ropes because chains just tend to rust crazy because of the sulfur in the water um and there since it isn't very deep there's not that much slack on the line so they they can actually be quite close to each other which we were aware of but so we thought we just more anchor just in between a few boats close to the sandbank but not right on top of it and we put out just enough chain to stay put. So I'm 
I want to just get a little bit into like the, the art of anchoring, which is maybe not that interesting for people who aren't into sailing and then people who are into sailing probably already know this, but I still feel like it's important because that's where we went wrong. Normally, so anchoring, you use an anchor obviously to anchor, but actually what's keeping you in one place is not just the anchor, it's also the chain uh, because the chain lies on the bottom of the ocean or whatever, the sea where we are. And that's actually what almost gives you as much um, holding power as the anchor itself. We've got a really good anchor. We actually bought, like before we left Cape Town, we bought a, a pretty fancy anchor. Um, Vulcan. It's Rockna Vulcan. Yeah. I think 15, 15 yeah. kgs. Yeah. So it's like definitely big enough for, it should be able to hold the boats up to like, I don't know, we, don't, we obviously don't want to test it in too harsh conditions, but it should definitely hold us until we're like in a heavy storm. It's, it's if I'm not mistaken, just correct me if I'm wrong mm -hmm. yet, it's actually a bigger anchor than most people would have gone yeah. for. Well, if you yeah. look at most boats, bigger than us have smaller anchors, so we yeah. definitely have an oversized anchor. I mean, not oversized, oversized, but we're like, we're on the cautious side, so we definitely have like an anchor that's definitely big enough. And we have tons of chain as and well. And we've got yeah. 60 meters of chain, which is a lot of chain. And then we've got 90 meters of rope. So we've got like so much, um, well, the chain and the line together, it's called the road. So that's what connects the boat to the actual anchor. The thing is, it only works if you let out enough chain. So <laughs> the problem was, because we were in between um, a few other moored boats, actually two sailboats that were moored, we kind of put ourselves right in the middle and then we let us out as much chain so that we wouldn't touch the other boats. Which I, when I was calculating it, I thought this is should be enough. The well, thing, the depth at the time was, what, like three meters? Three meters. Yeah. So I let out 12 meters, which is... Four times. Four times the depth. So this is like a one, one to four ratio of chain, which is, is not a lot. It should normally be enough, but... It's a bit on the low side. Most books or most like courses will tell you one five is kind of recommended, and a lot of people go for one six to be sure. So it was a bit on the short side. But having said that, we were on anchor for over a week, and we and everything. Two and weeks, it, even. Yeah, and it was it was totally great. Fine. Yeah, it was totally so fine. So the other thing is, I don't know if we, I can't remember if you mm -mm. mentioned that in previous episode. The wind tends to pick up here in the afternoon, coming from uh north north northwest so like south south east is the direction of the wind because you always say the direction and the direction is blowing so south south east is kind of the prevailing afternoon wind it's also when the wind picks up usually to like 20 knots 25 mm. but on sunday it picked up to 30 knots which is not that unusual but it is it is quite strong for here yeah especially i mean i think we mentioned in the previous episode that they are shifting sands here yeah. And the currents are quite steep. Yeah. Notice that the the tides um, are, tidal the currents currents, are yeah, quite tidal currents are. Uh, extreme. Yeah. yeah. So the thing is, where where the where we are anchored is kind of in between the bay itself and the lagoon. And as we mentioned, there's a sandbank. So the sandbank kind of blocks the lagoon from the bay. So all the water either has to run over or usually round the sandbank to get in and out of the lagoon. Which means every time the tide changes from high tide to low tide. So from high tide to low tide, all the water runs out of mm. the lagoon and opposite. So it's like, it gets quite a tidal current. The other thing is with tides. So the tides get 
you get spring tides uh, around new moon and full moon, which means the tides are a bit higher and lower. So the, the difference between high and low is bigger. And it's low. The, the difference is the smallest when it's um, half moon. So I think we were actually, it wasn't even on, because mm -hmm. we're on, uh, around, it's, it's uh, full moon now. So it wasn't even springtide yet. But, <laughs> but, so we were in, let's, like, maybe let's just... The story. Let's tell the story yeah. and then afterwards I'll, I'll, I'll come back to this and tell, tell you why that's important. So it was so Sunday afternoon? It, well, but basically before that, we, we, um, Demi had checked the weather forecast and we knew that the wind was going to pick up in the afternoon. So in the morning we were out on shore and we just, we decided to come back to the boats around just after lunchtime. Um, knowing that the wind's going to pick up, but I wouldn't say that was the main reason we were just done with what we were doing on yeah, shore. And also we didn't want to, in our small baby, oh, yeah. we don't want to be like motoring back to the boats in, in the when wind. it's very, very windy. Because like, we just get, I mean, it's not that dangerous here. It's not as bad as in Ludris, but you do get wet and it's just not, not, not fun. Yeah. And yeah. So we got back to the boat just after lunchtime, around one o'clock, I think. Mm -hmm. And we, because the boat was already starting to rock a little bit and the wind was already starting to pick up, we were both started immediately feeling a little bit seasick. So we decided to have a lie down. Yeah. Um, and we were lying down with our eyes closed, listening to um, an audio story when all of a sudden... You hear a loud bang. This is after an hour or two. We hear a loud bang and we both look at each other. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> like, fuck, it's happened. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's well, the only possible... Well, it could have been that something floated out, like, or hit else. us. Or yeah. someone hit us. But the first thing we do, obviously, is go out and see. I, I'd like to mention, though, at this point, that um, we've met uh, Gary, the other sailor that um, lives here on his boat. He had warned us previously that the wind picks up quite hectically and... Yeah, people have, had, have dragged anchor here. Yeah. He's had to rescue... Well, he because Gary's usually... Well, used to be usually here now. He's, he's visiting family in, in the UK. But he's always on his boat, so everyone knows it. So if they see a boat dragging anchor, they'll usually phone him. Uh, and the last time it happened, he actually didn't happen to be on his boat, but... Uh, another boat had to be rescued because it was dragging anchor and it actually ran onto the rocks. Luckily, they managed to pull it off and it didn't have too much damage. But it's it's not the first time that a boat yeah. drags anchor mm. here. Um, just to say that. Yeah. So, so bang, and we run outside, and, and we see we're right on top of the catamaran, who was, which was, to be honest, and yeah. we, that's where we were a bit careless. We noticed we were. The direction the in the direction the wind is, so the direction our boat swings when there's a the afternoon wind, we actually are quite close to um, the catamaran already. So, so we wait, were. Wait, wait, wait. Let's yes, just go back a bit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so um, when we put our anchor down mm. here, um, I don't know if you. I didn't even notice the mooring balls that were no. there. I only mm. noticed that we had two sailing boats, one behind us. I mean, one to the left, one to the right. Um, and those were our main concerns when we were putting yeah. the anchor down, also, like, are we too close to the one also boat? Also, when we, we anchored, the wind was actually still in the other direction, so we were quite close to one of the sailboats, yeah. which was our main concern. And then, actually, I, I think I remember what I did is, just to get us a little bit further away from that boat, we were first, we first we had 15 meters of chain out, and I said, like, let's just make it 12. Mm -hmm. So I first had one in five out, <laughs> and I changed it, I thought one in four is still good enough, what I, obviously what we should have done is not 
pull like make the chain shorter just pull up anchor and like anchor Please. a bit further so we had more space which is the sensible thing to do and we were just a little bit lazy but also having said that this was the sec well the when we actually put the anchor down it was the second time we had uh, oh, yeah, put we the anchor down because we'd already <laughs> put it down and lifted it up before. because we were too close to other uh, mooring balls so yeah so that's just for context um and also for oh, yes. oh, admitting what we did wrong yeah totally but also um to get back to the two mooring balls that were behind us, we only like noticed them the day after or no, after that. After when... a week or something. Yeah. So that that's that catamaran was actually out on the hard, so it was not in the water when we anchored here, and then it came there, and then we noticed it was pretty close. Yeah. But it was still like, like a good ten meters, I would say, between us and yeah. the catamaran. The other thing, which someone at the yacht club also, actually two people asked us, did mm -hmm. you not drag anchor? Because I thought you we saw. Someone at short thought they saw the other time there was a lot of wind, saw our boat move back a few meters. Yeah, but we also, I mean, I think we both, even though we didn't speak about it, we did notice that we had, it seemed, like it was a, some, a subconscious thing, like it definitely seemed because we were, we were in the water one day to clean the um, the, hull. the hull, and then at that time the, the catamaran came back and he like almost all of a sudden seemed like to be right on top of us. Yeah, and, and I, so, but I made an explanation why it was, and I just didn't think too much of yeah. it. But again, like, and we didn't talk those, about it either. We just know, like, but I yeah. had it in the back of my head that like maybe we had dragged anchor and we a little bit like just a few meters, which meant that we were closer to that catamaran than before, which we probably had. The <laughs> thing is, we've got a, the Vulcan anchors are known to like when they drag, they usually reset quite easily. So it means that the anchor just moves a few meters and then it. Digs in. digs in again yeah. so that's then you drag anchor and you reset which is not the worst which is possibly what happened which is why we didn't notice the time before when we dragged because we didn't drag very far yeah so well now this time <laughs> we were right on top of that catamaran like literally rubbing up against it yeah um, so our back of our boat was on the front of that boat so now yeah as you can imagine it's a big ass fancy catamaran not the fanciest of catamarans but like automatically you really start panicking about the damage that you can cause and the cost of yeah. and the implications of all of this but the you immediately have to jump into action and get yourself yeah. off the catamaran so that you can put up your anchor and move hopefully somewhere move somewhere else as quickly as possible with, with minimal damage to your yeah. boat and theirs yeah so by the time so Kay was at the front of the boat where we can lift the anchor, which is a manual thing. We only have a manual windlass. We have to, like, pull up or, or like, winch the, ang uh, the anchor up, the anchor chain by hand. We don't have, like, an electric gizmo for it. So I'm at the back, uh, at the tiller and at the engine controls, and Kay's at the front. So by this time now, we're actually right next to the boat. We're rubbing side to side to that boat. And I'm like, I'm still moving back, so we're obviously dragging anchor, and the anchor's just moving backwards and backwards. So by now, I turn the engine on, and I like realize if I'm gonna motor forward, I'm just gonna motor straight back onto that boat. So we Kate was quick to put some fenders on, and she tried to push us off, but like the wind is literally pushing us onto the other boat, so there was like very little we could do, but we managed to like motor forward and actually away from the boat. So now we're like kind of sideways. In front of the other of the catamaran, and Kate's desperately trying to haul up the anchor without success. 
Yeah. Also, I think by this time we were like actually kind of on our boat was on top of the anchor. We motored too much forwards, and yeah. the anchor was like kind of like back, back, yeah. which means that you run the risk of the anchor chain hitting the prop and. It's not the way to pull up anchor. The problem was we couldn't move further back or we would be back <laughs> on the catamaran. So it was quite funny because, uh, I mean, it wasn't funny at the time, but it's funny now that I'm thinking because, like, our boat was lying across the front of this catamaran. Well, this, this is what happened afterwards. <laughs> SK was trying to pull up the anchor, but now we, we our boat was sideways. So a catamaran has two hulls. So we were basically pinned against the, the catamaran. The wind is pushing us into Yeah, it, so yeah. our side is on the front on the two hulls. Of, and I'm trying to push us off, but the wind is pushing us back on. K can't lift up the anchor because, like, now also our boat is on top of their mooring ball and their yeah. mooring line. So it's like, okay, now we're going to just get our prop stuck on mm. that line. And then once, uh, once our, our prop is is fouled so if the line gets stuck on that prop then we don't have an engine anymore and then we're completely screwed so i turned the engine up into neutral mm. or off i can't remember it was good thinking on your part because it wasn't something I, I was even thinking about no yeah. and i'm just trying to push us off in case trying to haul up the anchor but this is not working so <laughs> and then demi demi shouts ah, yes <laughs> that was funny you shout something like give me a paddle and I'm like, I'm holding a fender between this boat, where I am, between this boat and our boat. And I'm like, what the hell? A paddle? Like, why does he want I think, a paddle? I think by that time, Kay was at the front of the boat, yeah. pushing us off the one hull of the catamaran. Yes, and you at the back. And I'm on the back, pushing off, off of the other hull. <laughs> so. so I was like, what the fuck? Sorry, excuse my language. Yeah. I was like, why does he need a paddle? And I was like, why can't he get it himself? Can you not see him? <laughs> I'm but I'm also busy. We're both pushing as hard then, as we can. Like we ended up like both like having a, a bit of a, a meltdown. meltdown, and then it was over. But it was I mean, we had a yeah. good laugh at it afterwards. By that time, we also hear the boat like making the <laughs> sound, which luckily was mainly on our boat, just a rubbing strip, which is a piece of wood that's on the side of the boat, which is like kind of where you rub against. Usually against uh, a mooring. But it's very handy. That thing, but it, yeah. it kind of like Protects cracked your boat. in in. But yeah, okay. so we're trying to push the boat off with little. Oops. Oh! Oopsie. With Sorry little... about that. With little success, because the boat is like literally the whole side of the boat is. Our boat is pushing against the other boat. But somehow we managed to. The boat, like with the wind, gets pushed off the other boat. And now we're like just basically drifting free, and our anchor is just still dragging. By this time, it's like. I think our anchor is gonna be stuck on. The mooring uh, lines of the other the, the other boat. So I was like, okay, this is not. I mean, we can't pull up the anchor now. Mm. So I asked Kay to put a fender at the end of our chain, so we can just drop all the anchor, just all the chain, uh, just drop it and come back for it uh, when when the wind is is less. There was a little bit of um, um, confusion because. Demi was telling me to get another line um, to attach to the anchor because the chain itself would have pulled the fender All the way below down. the surface of the water. Because the line on the fender is just one meter or something and the depth so, of the water is by this time three or four meters. So it would have just sunk the fender which would have meant we wouldn't be able to see the fender and so there wouldn't fender, be any point. Just to go back, well, yeah. the fender is like a rubber duck basically. A balloon. A balloon that you place between your boat and any other obstacle um, yeah. to kind of be a buffer. But um, you can also, that's also how mooring, mooring balls or buoys are, are, yeah. 
are marked because it's just something that floats. Yeah, so um, Demi was telling me to get another rope and I was... Uh, I was like, but there is already this rope on on it and it's like, yeah. I thought you meant the snubber and it's like, well, the snubber is... Gonna come off. Is gonna come off because yeah. it's just hooked onto the chain and it's not permanently attached and it's like, it's not gonna work. So there was a bit of a miscommunication <laughs> and I just was like, oh, I'm just doing my own thing. Like, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm just gonna do this thing. I just threw the whole 90 meters of uh, anchor rope, light rope which is connected to the chain into the already. water attached to and then the, the fender, fender all the way at the end and the fender all the way at the end so what ended up happening is that the fender ended up taking this rope about 500 meters no up, or less uh, just, i think a couple of like maybe tw maybe 50 meters oh really okay it wasn't that far <laughs> take it, one zero off yeah 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 okay. well it, it, it <laughs> It was drifting down, but like not as far as I would have expected it to. I guess we were... I mean, I did check because there's obviously the worry that the line's going to float, um, which means that your prop could get caught in that line when you're or moving over else, it. Or mm. someone else, because there's yeah. a lot of... Uh, like, well, there wasn't that much action at that point because it was very windy. So all the most of the catamarans, including the one we ran onto, are actually used for like little day trips for tourists. Charters, yeah. yeah, charters. So I did check as we were motoring away that the line itself was not floating because that would be a real worry. I don't yeah. know what we would have done if it was floating, but it wasn't floating and we, we were able to motor off and then we decide, okay, now we've got to try and get onto a mooring ball. Because we can't anchor because our anchor is, in, is the, not, in the water. It's in the water. We have a spare anchor, but it's not connected. It's not, it's like, it's not as good an anchor. So if this anchor already didn't work, then the, the second anchor also like it would have not been an option to use that one. So we want to go back to the mooring ball. Actually, we were, we were aiming for the one we were at the beginning, which is a little mm. bit more further away. And I think I did three turns onto... So now the maneuver to, to um, moor on a mooring ball is what you learn in Day Skipper. It's like pretty basic maneuver, but it's it's not easy, but it's it's on like it's, it's basic like uh, skippering sailing. Yeah. But now we're doing this in like a lot of winds, and so you try waves, yeah. you try to motor straight into the in, into it, so the front of your boat is just above it, and at that point the person in the front, which is Kay, because I'm more like steering and motoring, um, you have to hook it, hook it up with a hook, and then pull it on, and then pull the rope onto a cleat on the boat to mm. connect. So the first time I miss I miss the mooring ball, the second time Kay manages to pull it up. But just... Yeah, and I wasn't able to hold on to it. Because now the yeah. boat is pushing back and I can't motor forward because then I'm motoring over the ball. And yeah, by that time, like I tried to run to the front to go help her. But by that time, like the pull on the on it is like too much. So we're actually going for the third time. But by that time, we see there's like a motorboat like mm. frantically turning or like motoring around us and is trying to like tell us to get on the radio and we think I, I mean I thought oh great somebody's come to help us <laughs> like, like just give us a hand with this fucking sorry I keep on yeah. I forget this is a family friendly show sorry <laughs> but it was one of those situations that you would swear um and I, I was like, how's this, this is really great, but how's this person gonna actually going to be able to help us anyway the, the other thing is he tells us to go on to channel 66 so there's like in VHF, Marine VHF, you got channel 16, which is the general channel, which is also the emergency channel, which you're not supposed to, like, 
be on for too long. So we do go to channel 66. I mean, ask Kate to do it because I'm motoring. I can't go down below. So she turns it on. She talks, tries to talk to the guy. The guy's like, yeah, I can hear you. But like, Kate obviously can't hear him. So we're like... Then Kay is like, I'm like, did you turn the volume up? And he's like, yeah, I did. So <laughs> then Kay is motoring and I try and I'll go down and it's, I see that the volume is all the way up. And I was like, yeah, I'm and trying to talk anything. to him, but I can't hear anything. And the volume is... Then? Then he tells us just like... No. no. What? Sorry. He starts talk? filming us. Oh, yes. But at the same time, he's filming us with his phone. So by this time, I figured out this is probably the owner of the catamaran we ran onto. And... Probably he thought we were just like going to do escape. a hit and run, like which is like, yeah, sure, we're gonna <laughs> just like leave the country without clearing out, like without any provisions, and we're gonna just gonna head to Saint Helena <laughs> because we scratched your boat a bit. Because we scratched your boat because there's nowhere nowhere else to go. I don't know. Anyway, in that weather also. Yeah, like anyway. <laughs> okay, well I'm sure we'll, I'm sure I'll get the opportunity to complain more about that yeah. later on. Anyway, so he also tells us like to go into like behind the jetty and just to follow him because we can't talk so it's like okay uh, well needless, yes sorry you know. I, I mean i hope this is not a boring show for everybody but i mean we had made that conscious decision to get onto a mooring ball because we we've been on the jetty when there's wind and it uh going into the jetty uh, the wind is blowing directly on you so you yeah, no, you, it's actually sideways it's like almost 90 degrees so it's pushing you away from the jetty so we had chosen to go on a mooring ball, but this guy we was it's, telling us we must follow him. We thought, okay, maybe he's got a better option for us. Maybe there's a mooring ball there that he has or something or something more protected. And he just leads us into that, into the jetty. Well, he's space. actually in front of us, so yeah. he's like, he's much more maneuverable. So he manages to maneuver out of the way, but he's kind of like in our way. And now we're in this tight spot in between the jetty and rocks. Not to mention. And, and the wind is pushing us onto the rocks. So another thing is... <laughs> Yeah. Getting all worked up. Just no, talking no, about. I think it's good to vent. <laughs> the other thing is that we were not prepared to go onto the jetty. All of our mooring lines were in our lazarette at the bottom of all of our sails. Like, I just. Like, yeah, the frustration decided, is building up again because, like, we, we had made a decision else. and this bloody purple was telling, like, yeah. be, uh, is, behaving like we didn't know what we were yeah. doing. Yeah. Which is also, it's my choice as a skipper to listen to what he says or just do our own thing and i just it's a lesson it's a lesson i guess in, in like just sticking with no i know but yeah. also we we did notice that it was very hard to get onto the mooring ball we tried three times and we we hadn't succeeded so i thought like okay well let's try something else yeah and this so guy is obviously local he knows more than we do so anyway the getting onto the jetty was uh, proved to be less difficult because it was another uh, sailor yeah, we've bought um, a German boat that's been here for, for a few months since already. Since we've been, yeah. Almost as long as we have. And they came out on the jetty to to, assist us. to, to grab our lions when we threw them and just to help us yeah. out. Um, so if it hadn't been for him, I don't think we no, would have we been, able, have to been able to do yeah. it. Um, but so, anyway, I mean, very seaman-like to lend a helping hand to yeah, another yeah. sailor because you know how hard it can oh, be. He saw, obviously he saw that we, we were struggling and he came to help, so... Yeah, big thanks to him. Yeah. Because we wouldn't have been able to moor. So we did manage to moor onto the mooring. Like, put up, like, as many lines as we can. Because now the wind is pushing us, like, sideways off. Anyway, it was like, the the waves was actually splashing over over the jetty. It's like, it was definitely the strongest wind we'd seen since we've been here. And as we're still 
still doing that. This guy, I hadn't recognized him straight away, just comes to say hi. And he's like, oh yeah, we dragged Anchor. He's like, yeah, you dragged Anchor onto my boat. It's like, oh yeah, okay, well... It's like he was asking, I was like, are you sure? It's like, yeah, we're insured. I can give you my number, this or that. And then all of a sudden he's like, it changes tone. And he's like, yeah, no, we'll we'll sort it out tomorrow and this and that. But it's like, okay, well, yeah. Anyway, he, he seemed to be very anxious to like, worried that we were just gonna I, I think not pay for the damage to his beautiful white catamaran. I think that's like the kind of thing that I've noticed in myself that really upsets me the most when, and it's like, could be like quite unreasonable. Like I get really, really upset when people expect me to do the, the worst thing, like mm. whether they know me or they don't know me. Usually I suppose if it's, it bothers me more when they don't know me, <laughs> although how would they know that you wouldn't do the worst thing? But it's like really, I find very upsetting when somebody just expects that you're going to do the worst possible thing or be dishonest or try mm. to run away like I find like rather give people a little bit of grace and trust that they're going to do the right thing give them a little bit of space to mm. show up and do the right thing first before you mm. immediately assume that they're going to try to escape the consequences mm. so I mean it's just an observation of myself and maybe something that I need to let go of because it sucks <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so I mean, I suppose in that story, all's well that ends well. I mean, we went... So the next after, day. Well, after we uh, we were lying, the boat had been moored and we knew that the boat was safe. And we were lying here, all feeling very somber. I think also because we were still feeling a little bit sick. Because and the boat was still rocking was around. A, I, I, also, the adrenaline, like, yeah. at, at, some, at the point when we were trying to moor again, I noticed I was like, my jaw was clenching and I was definitely like, it was like, pure adrenaline yeah and, I, and when we spoke about it afterwards i also said to Jimmy that i noticed what happens i start i start uh, hyperventilating when it, it's a stressful situation so the interesting yeah. thing is that this was definitely more stressful than um, the backstay than the backstay yeah. in the middle of the ocean because yeah. they're in the middle of the ocean we had so much time to think of what i mean we had to react quickly to see Initially, what we did yeah. and yeah. we did but then after that we had all the time in the world to figure out what we were doing here it was like if we if we made a mistake, we well, we could have crashed onto the rocks, or we could have like it or could have, other boats, or onto other boats. We could have lost. I mean, it felt more dangerous, even yeah. though it turned out to be not that bad. I mean, we've got some scratches on the boat. He's got some scratches on his boat. The insurance will sort that out, but it, it wasn't that bad. It was probably but, amplified also by his behavior, I think, mm. because it created another stress element. Yeah. You know, we we knew we'd crashed into someone's boat. We already yeah. like, knew that, but the way he was behaving. Yeah, I, I think I was also as it was happening. I was more worried about his boat than yeah. our boat. True. Even knowing yeah. we had insurance, which is exactly why we got insurance. Not to insure. I mean, it insures our boat also, but the main reason we have insurance is third party because the thing is, like, our boat costs what it costs. We'll we'll chat about that in another episode about like our budget and stuff. But we like we put the money we we can afford into this boat. And even if we would lose the boat, it's like it would be a pity. And like, I mean, it's good that the insurance covers it, but like, it wouldn't be the end of our. Mm. Like, I mean, we would we would be okay with that. On the other hand, if we crash into a, like multi-million yachts and we somehow really badly damage that, it costs us more money than we have. 
Yeah. If we're not Maybe insured. debilitating, yeah. Which would, yeah, which could literally ruin us. So that's why we have insurance. I mean, also because in some places you have to have insurance. Anyway, uh, insurance already came in handy. This is already third, <laughs> the third claim we had to make in the insurance. And we've I only been cruising for for basically a couple of months. But yeah, yeah I said to Demi, our insurance like, premium is going to go up exponentially next year. <laughs> Although none of the claims have been very, very big in, in terms of what I think usually insurance for boats is. Like in... in, in in respect to the amount we're insured for, yeah. all of these claims are like are really small. I know, small. but I think the ideal is that you don't actually claim no, anything of course. at all. No, that's so that's based ideal. on that. But anyway, so we were no. both lying here, feeling very sad and not feeling very well. So we decided to get off the boat and we went to go and have um, a drink at one of anchors. the little restaurants here. And anchors, anchors, anchors yeah. funnily enough, called anchors <laughs> after we drank anchor. Just realized that now. But then we were able to like review everything and have a little bit of a laugh. And I actually uh, wrote a blog post about it, which yeah. is on our blog, svtropicaldawn.blog. Uh, I did write a blog post uh, just also just, I mean, I, I guess it's like a big event and like I just wanted to, and maybe also just to get it off, off chest, my chest yeah. just to be able to share it. Yeah, so, and so then sh the sky showed up. Oh, next, yeah. No, no. So oh, the yes. next day now, the, <laughs> yeah. the next worry is so I, yes. the miscommunication about the length of the line. Yeah. I was like a bit worried about like the length of the line because now this line is like, it could get tangled if the wind shifts uh, angle, it could get tangled on other people's. The, the, sorry, just, just explain which line now we're talking the, about. The mooring, uh, the anchor line. Yeah. The anchor line. So the line that's at the end of the chain. Which but I threw on over. the one hand, there's a chain, then there's a 90 meters of line, and then there's a, a fender. A fender, which yeah. is floating around, still in the same direction because the wind hasn't shifted direction. But if it would start to shift, or if if with the tides coming in, it would start to move, it could get tangled on other. Um, mooring lines and it could get like you know, really difficult to retrieve so we made the plan we're gonna just get up as early as possible like as soon as the okay actually was like let's do it in the middle of the night I was like no we need light so we actually at seven o'clock when the sun was just up or just before seven we went out and also before any other boats start moving around and risk running over our line mm -hmm. we get into a little dinghy and we actually go get the fender and we start pulling it up and actually it's like it was, it was the, pulling the line up it was full of of actually creatures like little slugs and muscles and, muscles and all kinds of stuff Starfish. but we start pulling it up and it's like easy then we get to the chain it's a little bit heavier to pull up but still in no time we pulled so, yeah chair. and now we're like actually now it's getting a bit hard uh, but we've we've seen that now we actually pulled up where our, one of our snubbing lines, not the main snubber, was. So we knew we were like pretty close because that snubber was like at the end of. And we start pulling it up, and before we know it, we actually have the anchor up. Mm. Because we were thinking Demi's gonna have to die for this thing. I, I was sure that our anchor had like caught on someone else's uh, mooring ball or mooring line, like lines or something, and like none of that actually happened. So we actually managed to pull it up. Now our little dinghy is full of mud and the chain is full of mud. So we go to the little jetty at the, the, at the yacht club to where there's like water to rinse off all our stuff, rinse off our dinghy and actually like make sure everything's clean. And who shows up there? <laughs> the same guy from the day before is like, oh yeah, we can go to the 
I, I thought I'd br take you to my insurer. I was like, yeah, cool. Well, where do we meet? And he's like, was actually expecting me to go with him right away. Like, I'm like, this is like eight o'clock in the morning or something. Like, yeah. come on, guy. And I'm like, like, I don't have any papers on me. Like, I don't have like my insurance number. Like, we're just gonna go back. And he's like, okay, I'll meet you there. So he comes. Actually, yeah. No. <laughs> he actually meets us at our at the like after that at. At, at the, the jetty, yeah. at the, and it takes us, and like it's all very quick and it's all easily done, but it's just like, I don't know, he, he seemed to be very anxious about the whole insurance thing, which is like, yeah, anyway. By that time, he'd taken videos of us, he'd taken photos of the boat, the boat of our, our registration. registration number, which is, is on the boat, anyway. All of it turned out to be like totally fine, but it was just like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's he his head was in some other headspace. I mean, he tried to be friendly and make some conversation as we were going to the um, insurance company. But yeah, I was a, a little bit over it anyway. Yeah, we were both over him. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think in hindsight, you know, if it was your property, maybe you would be. Yeah. But well, I think I think he would the, still give people a bit of yeah. breathing space. Well, to the other thing is out. he owns a share in the boat. It's a yeah. boat they use for for they cruises so it's not just his boat it's other people's and i think he might be the one who like because he's the the business he works at is is right there on the waterfront so he's always there so i think he kind of like took it on him to look after the boat so it, i i get it especially probably because it's not just his boat apparently mm -hmm. the boat had just been on the hard and was painted so he was worried about like the damage to the boat but like like it's mainly cosmetic like one cut is a little bit deeper that went Past just the paint into like the fiberglass, the fiberglass but yeah. even that like it's fiberglass repair is like I mean we've been doing a little bit of it ourselves it's actually not that hard to do and it's it's like it's not like the boats like you can you can fix those kind of things anyway that's that <sighs> so what I want to go back to now is okay. afterwards realizing what, yeah. what where we went wrong so first of all where we went wrong is to uh, anchor too close to other boats which meant we couldn't put out more chain mm. when we would have needed to which is a mistake which we already knew mm. but we were like well we're gonna need to do a test sale at some point after that when we come back we anchor somewhere else because we were basically too lazy to move which is yeah. just it's just silly it's, and that's a lesson also because we had like a couple of conversations about it about, like, about whether we should move or whether we yeah. are like being those sailors um, by being yeah. so by, by anchoring so close to other boats, yeah. and we didn't do anything about it. So that's the lesson to just listen to your yeah, just know what yourself. not to do with yeah. the right thing, especially when it comes to things like this, which we know yeah. are like. And the other thing was, as uh, as we were dragging anchor, I could see that it was high tide, and we actually, when we first anchored, we checked low tides. The depth was, I think, what did it say on the... the it was 2.9 or something? If I, oh no, 1 point? 2.1, I think. 2.1, yeah. Which means 2.4 meters depth because our, our sensor is 30 centimeters below the waterline. And on high tide, it sets... It was about 4, I think, 3.9 or something. 3.9, yeah. which meant like more than... So more than 4 meters, which meant if we only had 12 meters out, that's 1 in 3 road, which is definitely like... I mean, I know that that's not enough. Mm -hmm. and, and it's just... Yeah, I should have known that I was like, that I was not a good idea. And I know now, like, I guess I also thought like, oh, we've got such a good anchor, like that anchor is going to hold anyway. 
which it can't hold if it doesn't have enough chain out. That's just how anchoring works. That's like basic anchoring theory, which I, I, I have a book purely on anchoring because it's like, it's like I said, one of the main worries of anchoring is dragging anchor. It's like one of the scariest things. And yeah, we just were, were not, I was not careful. I think we were both responsible because we, like I said, well, we I'm both... a skipper, so I'm responsible. Okay, if you want. but yeah, <laughs> but we, we had we both had the conversation. Yeah, we both and, and too, like, true. About it. most things, even like when when there's a calamity, like after doing whatever needs to mm. be done, which is like when the skipper just um, jumps in, we usually talk about yeah. most of these things. So we yeah. do make decisions together, which I'm I'm very happy about because. I guess before starting to cruise, yeah. that was my worries because it's a big responsibility. Yeah, and also yeah. it's like you he often hear that like that's where relationships like a lot of couples go cruising, and usually it's the husband who's the skipper, and the wife who kind of like comes along or even is like keen to do the sailing, but is less knowledgeable and basically doesn't is not involved in the decisions. I don't know if that's because she usually doesn't know how to like has have the knowledge or because the husband does, doesn't feel like sharing that uh, responsibility either because he feels like it's his, his responsibility or I don't know mm. and I'm I'm very happy that we actually I try to explain everything we do mm. to Kay so she learns as much as she can about yeah. what why we're doing things and like if in whatever re for whatever reasons she needs to do things by herself she knows how to do it mm. And also, so she knows why we're making certain decisions. Yeah, because she can weigh in. Yeah, because sometimes this, sometimes when this, the decision making doesn't have, there's no time to talk about it. Yeah. So having a little bit of information beforehand also yeah. really helps, and also just learning I from mean, our mistakes. I think I've also learned from when we started to do day sailing, like especially on our previous boat, when it gets a bit windy, that boat used to heel over quite a bit, and I know okay, like panicked which yeah. is like that's a normal reaction i mean most mm. people do i know like there's no risk because this this boat is like safe and actually healing over is not a problem whatsoever but i also realize like if Kay doesn't know all these things that mm. she can't be be sure that we're safe so i need to explain to her what are the actual risks and what are like not actual that dangerous so mm. you can feel safe also on the boat and you can know that like whatever is happening is not a big deal or it is a big deal but then like what the solution is yeah. so i think again like just like with the backstay it was a good lesson mm. all in all that like the result wasn't too bad i th i think in both instances we were lucky that like even with the anchor dragging now we we're lucky that it happened when and where it did because mm. it could have been worse if yeah. we well, the somewhere worst, yeah. Out or... yeah or the worst would have been if it happened while we weren't on the boat Oh, yeah. then we wouldn't that have been able to do anything that could have also been a possibility because we were I mean it was like basically a two hour gap between when yeah, this happened and yeah. when we were on land so, so. and I had thought because the weather was so bad that maybe we should should have gone back to land so it's yeah, yeah we were lucky I again mean, um, yeah. so lessons learned yeah. yeah that ended up being quite a long story but I think I we've think said it's an important one I mean yeah. I think it's important both for people who like our friends or family or followers to know like these things that happen and what the consequences are and explain what exactly happened but also for people who are interested in doing the same thing that's mm. why i get into a little bit more of the theory so that other people can learn from it too which has always been the idea with our blog and our podcast to both share our experience but also 
be a bit of help of other people who are thinking to do the same thing so they can learn from mm. our mistakes as well I, as our lessons. I, I mean, I just want to also, um, like, say that um, in our defense, I mean, I remember <laughs> watching a YouTube video of um, a couple that have, like, literally sailed up the whole of the Caribbean, um, like, the whole of the side, the east coast of the, of the States, and they, at some point, left their boat, and other people rescued it because they dragged yeah, anchor. But it was quite early in the sailing. Was it? I so, so, I mean, You're these are kind of... sailing Atticus. Yeah. Yeah, I also it's thought of that like as it happened. These kind of things that happen with no detrimental results yeah. are kind of like part of the path... Of the learning, yeah, the learning le process Exactly, also. they're part of the learning process. And if, you know, nothing bad happens, yeah. then, and you, you, then you learn from it. You won't make <laughs> the same mistake again, no, that's for sure. No, exactly. So I just want to mention that we're not being like... <laughs> we're not careless, or we're not... Yeah. Like, I mean, sometimes is... we are lazy, but that, that's as far as it goes. <laughs> anyway, the other calamities that we that we encountered were like... Oh, yeah. Less More minor. Minor, but the, both had to do More with minor. the dinghy. So as we said, we finally got like a, a nice outboard engine, like a brand new four-stroke, six-horsepower, like... Uh, Lovely, lovely engine. Oh, so nice. Yeah, nice to have an engine that you can rely on. Yeah. Um, so n last week, I think, as yeah. we were leaving um, the the yacht club, like the little uh, floating mooring there, we, we, we um, I take off, like the engine starts and we, we leave, and then I feel the engine pulling to the, to the one side, and then all of a sudden it cuts. And it's like, how is that even possible? And then I tried to start it again, and it just doesn't start. And then I realized, like, as I want to pull up the engine, I was like, no, one of our mooring lines has, was, like, in the water, and it got stuck on the prop. But now we're, like, close to the, I mean, we can still... There was no danger, because we were right, literally could stand on the beach at that yeah, point. Yeah, and I think we just rode back to... No, First, we rode back to to the. I, this is when you. Oh yeah, this is my MacGyver moment. Yes, I'm very proud of you for that. <laughs> I'm proud of me for that moment. So she I was actually like, Kate, Kate jumped. In, well, we first put the dinghy back on the floating. So we were tied in, yeah. And Kate jumps into the water to just check what's going on with the prop. So you're like. So then I found. Uh, I saw the the line or the rope tied around the prop. So I tried to pull it off. A little bit came off, but still there was quite a bit stuck. Uh, oh yes, and this line was still attached to the boat, so it was attached to the boat, and it which was... is why we couldn't pull the yeah. pull the outboard engine out of the water to yeah. actually see what was going on and to to free the line. So then I was like, okay, we don't have a, 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 a knife. knife with us, rookie mistake. Um, so I was like, well, I'm sure I can cut this rope with a little bit of a broken seashell. <laughs> so I dig down into the uh, into the sand, and lo and behold, I start cutting this rope with the seashell and it actually works like I, I was not 100% sure that was going to work but it actually did work I was able to release the cut the line, end, end the line attached to the boat so that at least we could pull on the other line to try to get it off but it was quite caught in the yeah, it basically engine. gets yeah. stuck on around the prop and then the prop just keeps turning until it pulled in all the rope and it just is jammed in there so yeah we paddled back to the boat Thank, thankfully we have nice yeah. oars Thanks to Andy Goodrich, yeah. who gave us the the dinghy and the oars, which have already come in handy so a much. number of times. Yeah. Um, we lift the engine onto the boat, onto the 
onto the boat and, and then, yeah. we cut off the the line and that was that. Yeah, and then I obviously had to do a little test run and the engine run fine again, nothing was damaged. Yeah. So again, lesson learned, don't get your prop filed. Again, like like that's also when you're motoring on your actual boat, like it's the worst worry because if you're motoring, you're already motoring for a reason that you can't really sail. And now if you get a line caught on your mm. prop, which is not uncommon, it can happen. And your prop stops working and your engine stops working and now you're just floating in the water. It's like the, yeah, it's very dangerous. Like this is which is why we were so worried about um, yeah, the, the anchor, anchor rope being yeah. yeah and then the other thing is we um we got an, a nice uh, external tank for our board because otherwise we had to just stop it up every couple of days because the the little fuel tank on the in the outboard engine itself is like i think like two liters or something yeah. which lasts us like a couple of days runs back and forth but you always forget to fill it up and so it's happened twice that halfway between our boat and the and the land the engine cuts out because we run out of fuel and then you have to top it up while you're floating around so you end up spilling anyway it's like now we need to do something about it the thing is the only tank that uh, suzuki had was a 25 liter tank it's like wow this is quite big but like okay that'll be nice so we uh, rob from suzuki brings us the tank uh, thanks for that like he was like again very helpful mm. so like okay well we, i, I want to go for a little test run because now we finally have like we obviously filled the tank with like i think we had 12 liters in total so we've got like a nice half full tank but like definitely way more than we had before and i told okay like okay let's go for a little test ride a little test ride so we get coco on board the two of us jump in, we don't even have our sunglasses. No we don't hats, have no, water, no hats, no, no water, snacks. no no sunscreen. This is around ten o'clock. Yeah, I think. and it was overcast. Yeah. Yeah. So we like, and, but it was very flat. Like after, like as we said, like the the wind used to usually picks up in the afternoon, but often in the morning it's already quite choppy and on our little dinghy, it's not the nicest to, I mean, to motor around because you get just get splashed and. So I first motored to like around the the other side of the harbor because we were on the one side of the harbor but you can't really see the harbor and I wanted to see inside of the harbor which was pretty cool to see like mm. yeah see all really the, cool. the big ships and the cranes, cranes and yeah. like so which is just on the other side of where we are but from this angle you can't see it and then we start to motor back and I was like the the lighthouse which is like all the way it's at the point which kind of like uh, blocks off the Wolfis Bay Bay from the ocean. It's like, it's quite far, but it's hard to judge how far it is. I knew it was like a couple of miles away. It's like, yeah, I've always wanted to actually go there. And now we've got the enough fuel <laughs> and the water's clear. And like, shall we just motor there? So we start motoring there and like, I think after half an hour, I get like a sore neck because <laughs> I'm just looking in the one direction the whole time. Then Kay takes over. And, and then I got a sore back. It's coming yeah. to that, guys. Yeah, we, we're that old. <laughs> anyway, we like, it was, it was pretty cool because as, yeah. as we get closer, we see like uh, floating buoys, which I think is like either, I don't know if it's nets or... or um, aquaculture or or anyway so we have to motor around there um, then we see like closer to the actual lighthouse we see first we saw one jetty and then we see two other black 
structures it looks like mm. which is like okay there must be two jetties let's just motor in between those two jetties and as we get closer we see that it's like seals like two big so seals yeah. but like more seals than we've ever, ever seen, seen. Yeah. it's like and they're all like right on top of each other and, and, and like and, the babies are... and, and the best is like that this beach that we go to is like desert beach and yeah. you just see the seals running over like this dune like can you imagine seals running over a dune towards the ocean i mean the fact that they were even running <laughs> i mean well hobbling but yeah, yeah hobbling it was like incredible it was really beautiful and then the closer you get the more you see that there's so many seals in the water and they're splashing and then jumping around lots and they're of playing. small ones who are oh. just like learning to swim and i mean obviously there's big troops are so probably a lot mm. of babies that's i think why they stay close to each other but it's like yeah it's it's pretty amazing it was it was really beautiful so we get closer and we pull the dinghy onto the beach because yeah. it's like yeah we jump out and we like uh yeah pull it up just above the waterline and i think like yeah that's that's fine and we can go for a little walk and we can walk no then i remember you said okay you pulled it up and then you were like do you think that's okay and i was like let's just pull it up a little bit more yeah which we did yeah but we just pulled it up just enough which we thought was just enough anyway we'll get to that because that <laughs> is kind of the crux of this story anyway as we get you see the lighthouse, the yeah. lighthouse which looks like it was red and white stripes, which probably was at some point, you see that it's actually dark grey and light grey stripes because it's so rusted and so undone. It's actually quite beautiful but also quite sad that such a beautiful mm. lighthouse is like not taken care of. And then there's this big building next to it which has like lounge chairs and a deck and it's like we're trying to figure out what this is because it's like, is this a sport control? There's like no roads going there. It's like... The only way, actually, as we were getting closer, you saw the 4x4s driving there on the beach. So you can get there by 4x4 by driving about, like, well, I think about probably 5 kilometers on the on the sand. So you really need a 4x4. But it's like all the 4x4s go there. It's like, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would they put a building here for port control? Which, like, I mean, it's difficult to get people here. But we see some people there anyway as we get closer actually we walk around because it's like there's a little um rope around it which says like no entry so we just walk around the rope and we saw some um we, we're, we're here now walking with our little dog coco who's like having a blast because she can run in the sand which is a favorite thing in the world and we see some um paw prints paw prints yeah. it's like oh maybe someone took their dog for a walk here or maybe someone who stays at the Anyway, it's like, I, I honestly it's thought maybe it was a hyena. Yeah, it's, yeah. well, we, we talked about the hyenas yeah. at, at Ludritz, but yeah. it's like, yeah, because actually it's very far from anywhere. So it's like, but as we get, like, so we walk over the little ridge and we see the, the actual ocean, which is always, like, so amazing. We're so close to the ocean, but you can't see it. And, like, just to see see the ocean. And then we walk mm -hmm. to the other side where it actually says that it's um, a lodge. It's a Pelican, Pelican Point Lodge, yeah. which yeah. is... I think it might be run by Namport, by a Namibian Port Authority, but you can actually stay there. But it's, they don't take day visitors, so we no, can go in. No, so we couldn't go in, but it's like a, it's a really special place to go. So we'll we'll put the link to the the actual place um, in our show notes. And as we walk a bit further, we see like first we think it's a dog. It's like it looks mm. like it doesn't look like a dog. It's actually a jackal. A jackal. I'm pretty sure it's a jackal. But it's also we see that it's limping a little bit. Yeah. And also, this jackal must be living. I mean, also we noticed that like because there's so many seals, there's also a lot of dead seals mm. everywhere. There's seals. There's also dead seals. I mean, that's just 
nature of life. So it must be living off just the, we think, the carcasses of the dead seals because he seems like not, he, won't, he couldn't run properly, so he couldn't have otherwise survived. Mm. But anyway, so we decided to just walk back the same way because we were a bit worried about scaring him and also Coco going crazy and maybe going going for him because that's what Coco does. She goes, especially if the dog five times of size will just charge. <laughs> and I mean, we're not even worried about Coco getting hurt. It's more about this... We don't upset this, the this jackal. jackal yeah. Which is like... So we already had like these two amazing experiences. Yeah. Well, three actually. Seeing the lighthouse up close. Yeah. Seeing All the seals. seals and seeing the jackal and well, seeing the ocean. So we just walk back the same way we came. As we go over the little ridge, Kay says, it's like, oh, it looks like our, our dinghy is floating. But Kay thinks it's an optical illusion of some kind <laughs> and I look at it it's like no our, our dinghy is floating <laughs> it's actually floating away from where we left it because I mean I knew the tide was low and it was getting higher and the tide here like as we said like this like the tide rises here quite quickly so I, again like it's just silly not dragging our, our dinghy up higher or making sure it's attached so obviously the sea had come up just enough to free our dinghy and it was floating like not too far, but um, yeah, maybe Kay can describe the next. I was still in the headspace that like this was an optical illusion when Jimmy starts walking really, really running, fast. Running, running. Then he starts running. Then he just throws everything that he's carrying on the floor, and it was like a Baywatch moment where he like runs and splashes into the water, and I'm like, mm, this is like <laughs> really sexy. And then all of a sudden he's taking his shirt off, and he like. Throws it, and I'm surprised it actually lands in the boat. I'm surprised that I managed to, <laughs> to throw it into the boat. And he goes and he rescues our, our dinghy. I actually swim through the yeah. dinghy. I could just, like, he wasn't just even about afraid stand of the there. Yeah. yeah, no, but it's like also like, well, our dinghy doesn't cost that much, but our engine does. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to have to claim another insurance Plus, claim. Plus, getting stuck out there for Plus, yeah, we yeah. like, if we have to walk back, this is like... I don't know, that's like half a day's walk. Cause it, With uh, no water and Yeah, no like, I mean, because yeah. it's like, like we say, like it's five kilometers probably from the, uh, for, to like the point where we talked about last week where you, where you can drive with a normal car. But from there, it's another probably five or ten kilometers just to go back to the, the yacht club. So it's like, yeah, no, it would have been like uh, terrible. Mm. Plus, we would have lost our dinghy and our outboard. So we managed to get that back. And other lessons learned, like, make sure your dinghy is secure secure when yeah. you leave it somewhere but it was it was cool because it was the first time we actually took our little dinghy on a little beach mission yeah. to somewhere where we wouldn't have been able to get otherwise mm. um but yeah again lessons learned like make sure you <laughs> you you secure your dinghy anyway that's that's uh, been, then, yeah sorry. sorry but then also like on the way back all of the seals were because I, I tried to talk to them and they seem to be like they seem to be quite curious, and they like yeah. look at you. I think they're also not used to seeing humans there because there are some four by fours that drive past there, but I think they just easily stay far away from them. So they're like they're not afraid of humans. They don't actually know humans, and also like yeah, the the little ones they like swim and then they stick their head out and they just look at you. <laughs> and they're just like, huh? what is this? Who is this? <laughs> and then there were like groups of like five or six of them. And they were like all swimming together and looking at us together and like coming a bit closer. And I was like, we've got to get out of here. I don't know what these seals are going to do. But the seals here are quite different to the ones in Cape Town. I, ha I haven't noticed in Cape Town that they have e like little ears. Whereas these ones seem to have little appendages where you would think the ears are. Like little pointy, like long things. And they are so cute. Yeah. Eh? 
And, and they really look at you. Yeah, they're yeah. very... So actually, um, Gary, who we talked yeah, about oh, yeah. last episode, yes. he told us that... Um, yeah, yeah. The sad thing is that like seals at some point are or were hunted here, but all the seals used to be on the other side of the bay, but now they all moved to this side. Actually, as we saw them, I rec re realized that, and this part of the bay is actually protected, uh, nature protected, and like you can't just go like hunt them there. Mm -hmm. But there's also like they've there's just yeah, it's just so nice to see them, so many of them, and just also. Uh, they seem much more like they're definitely of a different character or yeah, temperament than the ones in in, in South Cape, Africa, Cape yeah. Town. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Kay's biggest fear is um, being attacked by seals or seals jumping onto our dinghy and and, and yeah, there's been a, been a fear for you, of mean, you for a long time. Eh? Well, there wasn't there wasn't one the or two incidents. incidences last year. We'll in, in Cape Town, but I don't know if we really want to talk about that. We'll talk about that another time, yeah. I think. I'd, I'd love to not, actually... Not with me, but like to no, other people. No, I'd love to do... Yeah. Actually, I was thinking we yeah. spent so much time in Hard Bay. Mm -hmm. We should do an episode about Hard Bay. Yeah. Um, which we'll do maybe in a couple of weeks. Just to... Because we're talking a lot about places now. Luderitz and Malvis Bay where we've gone to. But like Hard Bay, we also spent a lot of time on mm -hmm. our boat. But yeah, no, it was all in all, like all... Uh, very colorful experiences mm. and like uh, all's well that ends well as they say but yeah definitely some lessons learned um but yeah quite a quite a lot of um adventure this week, in the last yeah. week yeah. um yeah i think that's all yeah that's all for, for this week this time yeah i think we had an idea for an episode we wanted to talk about which i think we wanted to talk about choices which was the plan for doing it this week, but then with all these things that happened, we thought we'd just spend one episode talking about these things because it's like it's quite I a lot to unpack. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. we wanted to give it the time uh, not to squash everything into one episode. So I think next week we'll talk about choices, a bit more philosophical, maybe also a bit more pra well. There will be some practical things about choices. Do you also want to talk about the rescue that you did yesterday? Which rescue? Oh yeah, okay. another thing with all with our dinghy. Like as we mm. yesterday again in the afternoon, as we were like uh, the wind picks up and we're on our uh, on the jetty, someone like knocks on the boat or like comes past and is like, "You don't happen to have like a dinghy or a, a rubber duck?" And it's like, "Well, we actually do." It's like, "Yeah, no, my um, colleague colleague is like he's, he's got engine trouble." And he's actually like he's behind there, but he's like basically his little dinghy is like run onto the rocks, which is always it's it's not nice, but it's a rubber duck, so it, it it's not too bad, and at least you're not being swept out to sea. But still, it's not fun. So I jump into the dinghy and actually take a extra line, and then yeah, get to tow him. Get to tow him, which yeah. I realize is far harder than I thought to tow one dinghy with another dinghy as the uh, wind is pushing you to one side um, but yeah managed to get him back and actually um, getting to the jetty and then uh, gave him a bit of fuel so he could he actually just ran out of fuel with his outboard get him back to um, yeah to shore to shore yeah so yeah that, that also happened sure it actually was a lot yeah mm. anyway so we're still here we're still in Wolves Bay we by now we have our um, water Autopilot, our new autopilot, which we ordered. Um, we're still waiting for our old autopilot, which supposedly is repaired, to be installed again. So we'll have to just 
Um, Lights a firecracker under someone's bum. Yes, because yeah. he said he was going to do it yesterday. Um, but yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I think once we've done that, like, we're doing some little, like, smaller repairs, which we kind of, like, we've been here for two months, and it's, like, actually we realized that it's actually quite a lot of things we were, like, planning to do at some point. Like, let's just do them now. Um, but yeah, I think then we were probably pretty much ready to set sail for St. Helena, and I think we're also getting to that point where we're like, okay, now it's time to go to New Horizons. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I kind of get like, we didn't like take on this big journey to be stuck this in Melbourne's one place. for two months. Yeah. So it's time to, um, yeah, to get going. Yeah, but we'll do it once we, we're sure we're ready, the weather window's right, and yeah, we know uh, we ourselves in the boat are, are like ready, ready. But yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that next week. Yeah, hope you enjoyed our podcast. Uh, oh yes, I was yes. curious, um, I was wanting to ask if anybody has had this happen to them. And like any of these dragging instances, anchor like a dragging or anchor or your dinghy, losing almost, the dinghy, yeah, or actually losing your dinghy. Can you let us know how that went for you? Um, and if it hasn't happened or you're not a sailor, what do you think you would have done okay. in this situation? Yeah. yeah. So we'll put uh, contact info in the show notes or wherever you're listening to the podcast. You'll find a link to get in touch with us. Thanks so much. Okay. Till next week. Bye. Bye.